Hello out there in podcast land. You are listening to the Roll for Crit podcast, your number one resource, some might say, including me, uh, for board game news, tabletop game discussion, and more from the world of tabletop gaming. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will, and we are happy for you to join us. But as always, you must start with the roll of a die. Will luck be on our side today? Who knows? Today's die is a nice copper-colored die with yellow uh, lettering, I guess, or mm. numbering. Now, <laughs> I, I did learn to train a die recently, but hopefully that's helped a little bit in this rolls here. Let's see if it's uh I if don't it's know learned. if that's a real thing or or a joke. I don't it know is, what that means. Uh, call me, call me. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, not a great score for golf, but we rolled a 17, so that's pretty good for a D20. All right. Well, it depends how many holes, I guess. Mm. Uh, but, but well, I was thinking uh, for one uh, one course. Oh, or yeah, one, not one, one course, one. Yes, for one okay. hole. Yes, pretty bad. Um, all right. 17 out of 20. That's pretty good. That's That passes most checks. I feel good about that. I think it bodes well. We've had some bad rolls lately, but that puts me in good spirits for today's episode. And I'm in especially good spirits because uh, joining our party today, uh, we have a guest who is the community manager for publisher Fantasia Games, and also the host of the show Board Games in a Minute. Welcome to the show, Sarah Shaw. Yes, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, very excited uh, to talk with you about all kinds of different interesting news stories this week and to hear about what kind of stuff uh, you've been doing out there. And uh, hopefully this will be, I don't know if this will be like a, a breather for you because you do, you, you're so good at condensing uh, all this information into one minute in your board game videos. But here we have way more than a minute. So you can talk as slow. Have we as done you want. an intro in a minute? <laughs> yeah, we've, I mean, it's already been like three in this podcast. <laughs> that's true. My videos are shorter than your intro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how much time we waste compared to the information you give people. Uh, uh, but go check that out. We'll talk, we'll let you know where you can find that as well at the end of the show. But Let's get into it. We've got news stories to discuss with the news roundup. News roundup. That's the dumb noise that means it's time to start talking about uh, all the board game news that happened in the past week. And first off, we're talking about the world of law, legal issues, which maybe, uh, maybe Sarah, you can help shed oh. some light on some, well, some, maybe. some, some expertise for us. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's a thing in the board game world that's kind of been known for a while, as well as in other products that you can run into some counterfeit games on mm. Amazon. Yeah. And yeah, it's I mean, this has been several years now. I, we've heard reports of this. And basically there are you'll order a game, you hope it's legit, but sometimes the cards are off, the pieces aren't quite cut right. And that happened in the case of two Dixit expansions recently. And Asmodee went ahead, along with Amazon itself, to sue the company responsible for this, uh, this guy named Samuel Katz who had this company uh, called Crazy Leaf. And they sued him for having different uh, illegal counterfeit versions of these Dixit expansions. Uh, that lawsuit is obviously uh, ongoing. It's This is just news now. So the results of it, we won't know for a little while. But Amazon actually started their own, like an entire uh, section of their company last year just to try to deal with these counterfeit products because they've been such an issue. It's uh, the first thing, the first time I have heard of anyone actually taking legal action uh, in such a strong way, and certainly from a as company as big as Asmodee. 
Sarah, what what do you think? I mean, you have experience, actual experience in the world of law, as, as I understand it. So maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, what what this means or, or what you think about counterfeit board games in general on, online. Um, so I, I don't know what it means, but I can tell you my own opinion. So I, when I was Please. in law school, I did take like um, uh, intellectual property courses and I found them so interesting. I absolutely love them. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, people take a lot of time to create this intellectual property. So if people can just profit off of someone else's intellectual property, that's not fair, right? So I think it's perfectly fair for Asmodee to go and sue anyone who is, you know, making counterfeit products. This cat's person, I don't know if he is aware that he is buying counterfeit products and selling them. If he is aware, then obviously they're in the wrong. But if they're not aware, then, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for this person or company to be sued if they weren't aware that they're buying counterfeit products. So I guess, you know, that's where you'd have to kind of prove culpability and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I actually received a refund from Amazon for buying a Dixit expansion because they said it might be counterfeit. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, was it uh, uh, Daydreams or Odyssey, I think, are the two? I think mentioned? it was Odyssey, if I remember correctly. Wow. Okay. Oh. So you have a, maybe, is there a class action thing here? Can you get a piece of this? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, actually, I just went to my Amazon account. I think it was Revelations, actually. Yeah, mm. it was Revelations. Mm. Um, hmm. Class action. I mean, uh, I, I don't know because I doubt it because we received refunds. So I don't think we'd be eligible to, you know, right, uh, receive right. something from a class action. And anyway, class actions, you know, for stuff like this, that you would get like maximum a couple of dollars, maybe if you're lucky. So right. Yeah. Maybe a few Dixit promos. <laughs> yeah. Even that'd be way better. Uh, so yeah, this might be one of the few instances, to, you know, depending on, uh, I, I like that you brought up kind of the nuance. I didn't think about the fact that maybe, uh, it's somehow he doesn't isn't even aware of this uh, this guy. But uh, depending on whether that or not that's the case, this might be one of the few instances in the board game world where most people can be fully on the side of Asmodee. They're they're the good guys in this situation. <laughs> yeah, for once, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they can take some pride in that. Uh, what do you think, Will? I know we've we've talked about counterfeit stuff before. It, it is possible that this uh, Sam uh, Sam does not know, but the problem is, and I assume is going to be very tough for them to prove, is that Asmodee's. Last time I checked, they're like you can buy from these two people. Mm-hmm. So if he if they knew about that and were buying from another channel. that already probably would raise some red flags. I don't know. Um, And I could, I I could see failing defense, but I have imagined they're going to try to do something like, what about cards adjust humidity? But the difference there being is crabs, not crabs. Sorry. (laughs) It's that game. Yeah. (laughs) But where that plays off of almost like an homage, like you could easily, I could easily, I'm surprised no one hasn't done that with dicks of like, look, it's a different back, but it's a lot of pretty art, but Mm. That is not this case. Like you think you're buying daydreams. That's not the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, having a product that's kind of based off of something or maybe a satire of something that's completely allowed. You're not allowed to simply recreate the exact same product, give it the same name and try to sell it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But I I still imagine they're going to try that defense. You know, you sort of just (laughs) Uh, I can't imagine they'll try that defense because it was called Dixit. Like it was like the products they were selling were actually called Dixit and, you know, the same exact name, the same exact artwork. So, right. Yeah. The whole counterfeit board game thing always 
just kind of blows my mind that like how I just, I just don't know how profitable it can be to go through all the trouble to make a product that's so similar, but just cut like these few corners here and there. Like the differences they say in this were that some of the colors were off and the cards weren't as vibrant. Like they used a cheaper printer. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't have as vibrant colors, right? Because they have to first scan the images that they're then going to reprint on the cards. So it's not like they're right. using, using the original artworks. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. I don't know mm -hmm. what the deal is. I don't know what the mindset is, but maybe the idea is just because, especially last week, board game sales have gone up, and it, but it's not big enough that they're hoping it wouldn't catch it attention. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, the people they keep doing it, so it must be working for somebody. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, this is the start of like them really cracking down. And depending on how this goes, maybe it will set an example, and this won't be such an issue going forward. I don't know. Well, we will see. Uh, so good luck to anyone who bought board games on Prime Day, I guess. <laughs> see if you can get a refund for it. I also, this is not in our in our notes, but I this I just saw this and I, I, I want to mention it because it's also law adjacent. <laughs> um, this is something we've been, we talked about two weeks now. Just last week, we talked about how uh, Grail Games has had this oh. ongoing issue with Reiner Knizia. Have you heard about this, Sarah? This uh, um, I've heard a little bit about it. Didn't he tweet about something about ending his contracts or uh, something like that? Or yeah. his contracts weren't being honored in the way he wanted them to be, I guess? Or... Yeah, exactly. He had said that they had originally said they weren't publishing his games anymore because maybe they weren't selling that well. And he came out and said, oh, actually, I'm the one who terminated the contract. Yeah. And now we know, in fact, um, it's, they stated that it is because Grail Games was uh, publishing his games in regions that were not allowed in the contract. So yeah. uh, with different business partners, uh, Germany, France, a bunch of other countries that uh, Knizia had uh, like exclusivity deals uh, in those places and he, they were not supposed to do that. And it sounds like he is going to take legal action and there he will be suing them. Mm. So... Yeah, we'll we'll see how that develops too, because that's that's a story that just keeps on growing, apparently. Uh, but a lot of uh, you know board games. There's a there's there's intrigue, there's suspense, and legal <laughs> legal issues there to deal with. Maybe you could be like the world's first board game lawyer, Sarah. That would be so cool. Actually, um, you know, there was a case. Um, I don't know if it's been resolved. It's not a board game case, but when the um, match company which owns like match.com and it owns like um tinder and a few other dating sites they were suing the founders of bumble for claiming that bumble stole the swiping action or whatever so i oh. just thought that would have really interesting implications for maybe in the board game world like if they can claim that they own swiping as like a mechanic or something like oh that boy, like then right. what could you then see in the board game world if you know people start because you know we replicate people replicate other people's mechanics all the time you can't patent a mechanic right the only thing that i know of that is patented is the um is it from magic the gathering i can't remember what what is it called oh uh, tapping that's tapping. the phrase yes tapping. that's yeah. it yes yes <laughs> oh, yeah God. and then there's like lcg fantasy flight has like mm -hmm. terminology and stuff yeah 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 it's, we already had a fun time with a few games where we're like what is it oh it's just deck they no can you just <laughs> please call it that we get <laughs> you know 
Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful with your with your phrasing in a lot of these games. Yeah, I would, I, I would watch the whatever Law and Order board games unit. I think that would <laughs> be <a> good. <laughs> BGU, I guess. I do All think right. there are so many interesting issues in the board game world, and just from you know personal knowledge from different friends who are either designers, developers, publishers, and so on. Like, there seems to be a need for someone who is knowledgeable about all the different areas in the board game industry who can, you know, develop contracts and such and make sure that people don't get screwed over time and time again. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. In our time covering board games, we've seen a bunch of pretty interesting, a lot, a lot of like there's different copyright infringement yeah. or publishing rights. There's, there is interesting weird mm-hmm. legal stuff that goes on uh, like, like in any creative media. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is not a nice rule book we can look to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, oh, Rules Lawyer. That's the name of the show. That's what it's called. Okay. Uh, so we will see how those cases progress. Uh, it will be very interesting to see the, the results of that. But we'll move on to uh, more just general uh, fun board game release type of news. Also, Asmodee, they happen to own a company called Fantasy Flight, and they happen to have a very popular living card game called Arkham Horror, the card game. And it had been rumored for a while that there was they were working on a new version of the core set for that card game. Uh, for people who don't know, this is uh, Lovecraft-themed. Uh, it's a cooperative, scenario-based game, and they release various packs. But, of course, there's a core set where you can start and, uh, you know, kind of get your feet wet with the game. Now they have officially announced the new version of the core set. And we know now that it is not going to include any new cards. So anyone who already owns uh, the Arkham Horror card game and expansions, you probably don't need this, but we'll we'll see if we feel differently about that as we go. Um, It instead comes with just more cards, additional cards, some from later expansions. Sounds like, from what I've heard, basically the equivalent of two core sets, so you won't have to worry about buying multiple core sets to get enough cards for deck building and such. It's also got some slightly upgraded components, like slightly different tokens, and I think there's some new artwork as well on some of the characters. Um, And it's a little bit more expensive. It's $60, whereas the original core set was $45. So it's got more stuff in it. Uh, Sarah, are you an LCG person or Arkham Horror specifically? I've not played any LCG games. Um, I would like to try. I'm sorry. (laughs) You've, you've avoided, you've escaped that, (laughs) that draw. Yeah. I mean, I would like to try Arkham Horror sometime. Um, That would be cool, but I have not yet played any. What do you think about? I have decks ready. (laughs) Yeah. Will's (laughs) Will's ready at any given time. Uh, How about any kind of collectible game? Do you have any thoughts on like, you know, this issue of, having to buy in the case of famously fantasy flight games of this ilk multiple sets of the same box in order to get all the cards you want yeah that's you know i'm a completionist so i in a way it's good that i've never gotten into it because i would feel compelled to get everything then and then probably go broke doing that so so i'm glad i haven't gotten into it just being a completionist but yeah yeah, which which brings us to Will, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, he went right. Oh, he opened that door and went right in, smiling. 
Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I already lost my sanity way before this. <laughs> but what do you, I mean, are you, I've seen, the, the feeling I've seen in regards to this is one of relief mostly on the internet that people feel like they don't have to buy this. Is that how you felt hearing this announcement? <laughs> or, or are you going to buy it? <laughs> I might watch it to go on a sale or something because I do like the art stuff. But really, I think overall, this is a, still a nice product, especially for newer people because one, it will actually store collections better. Like you can hold the cards in there really nicely compared to the older box. Ah, uh, yes. The organization is better. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that maybe I was sort of hoping would happen and really they shouldn't have done it. It's just my own little pickiness is that I know there are a bunch of cards in the core set and there are throughout the entire game, but in particular the core set that are have different cost values now. Like there's the errata pages. I was sort of hoping like they'd say like, we've updated the cards in here, so you don't need to look them up. Mm. Um, but they didn't, and I get why that'd be more expensive than people get confused, which is the correct one. But I, I would just love if I can just get an upgrade pack, so I don't have to look at nine pages of errata. You think they would just sell a if however many cards it is, like as a? It's little... a lot. Mm. It's a lot. That's the thing. It's not like oh, it's four cards. I think it is about nine pages, if I remember correctly. Hmm. And okay. they just released the uh, an update to that, so. Mm, well, that's exciting. Well, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I like the look at this and the sound. Oh, and also, here's the. I think the biggest thing about this corset. This was this was confirmed. I saw this uh, on Twitter that this this will come with a bag. It will come with an open. <laughs> that is a bag. first for Arkham for anything in Arkham in the title. <laughs> yes, a lot of so Fantasy Flight Arkham games. They a lot of times you're drawing stuff out of a bag, a random token, but they say uh, provide your own bag. <laughs> and so now they, they give you one. How about that? Pretty nice. So anyone who's new to Arkham, I think this is also very encouraging for Arkham fans because it it really shows that they're not quitting anytime soon. If they're renewing this in this way they must have another couple of years at least of content planned because they really want to get new people on board mm -hmm. so that's that's cool yeah and i'm curious whether they're going to do it with the rest of the cycle because we saw these this big box for the um something journey of the mountains i can't remember the exact name so i'm not wondering now if we're just going to get like the return to dunwich and the other cycles just all as these boxes which even if you have everything now you're like well this will look nice on my shelf now <laughs> right yeah mm, yeah that's true maybe you try to sell off the old ones or and get this new one i don't know sounds oh God, complicated. this is bad i'm already starting to think more <laughs> yeah don't don't think about it don't think about it but uh that's the uh new arkham horror corset uh which we can look forward to later this year now another game i had to talk about this this was uh just announced this is a game from whiz kids based on the Will Smith song "Summertime," uh, alongside, of course, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and they are publishing this game in which your goal is to prove to Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, and Jazzy Jeff that you are cool enough to hang out with them. Basically, uh, it sounds like a simple, casual card game uh, wherein there are going to be different spots available. And those spots will have different vibes, which include chillin', relaxin', and maxin'. And everybody's going to be playing a card simultaneously, trying to score the most points, essentially, to like win that spot. Uh, and there's things like certain cards will cancel other cards. So there's a little bit of that um, 
kind of deduction thing that we've seen in some other simple card games or trying to maybe predict or bluff what you think players are going to be doing. And uh, this comes from the designers of uh, Rap Gods, uh, which was a cool indie game that was on Kickstarter a couple years back. I'm just fascinated by it because it's a board game or card game based on a song, which I think is cool. Uh, Sarah, did you take a look at Summertime? Are you are you a Fresh Prince fan? And do you think oh that? Oh my god, a... <laughs> I loved Fresh Prince. Yes. All right, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> so you're you're in line day one. You're going to buy this game. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but I'll I'll check it out eventually someday. <laughs> what do you think about the idea of a game? based on a song like is that is that reasonable could are there more games board games that could be inspired by like a popular song or does it i don't think it's it's unreasonable it just you know depends on how good it is if it if they're able to pull it off then great why not (laughs) yeah yeah I, i feel the same way that it's you know like uh Anything can be. We talk about this a lot. We talk about like uh, board games, whether or not movies should be based on board games or board games based on movies that at the, yeah, at the end of the day, if you have a good design idea, anything can make a good game. Yeah. Um, but it, it this one seems like a fun, a fun vibe. What about you, Will? I mean, you share a namesake I, with, with him, so. I'm pretty sure if you go in the rule book, you'll see if Will shows up, he automatically loses. He's definitely not cool enough. Kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, not Will Smith, but you. I mean, obviously, I, you know, it sounds silly at first, but I don't think it's that crazy for a song to be. I mean, it, some like imagine something like, yeah, we looked at Bohemian Rhapsody and just tried to bring that. I don't think I'd be like, <laughs> that's nuts. I'd be like, oh, I, I can see. Let me see what's going on. Like aren't a lot of like epic poems and stuff just really can be considered songs of the time. Maybe that's true. That sure. No one would question now. Right. What is the song? You could sing a rule book. Why not? Oh. <laughs> it could be a song. There's your challenge, Jonathan. I would like you to see your, your ode to monopoly. Uh, yeah. I'll come up with that, with that later. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it sounds cool. It looks cool. And uh, I mean, we already have, of course, the most famous board game based on a song ticket to ride, right? <laughs> Technically, maybe kind of. Do you have I, any uh, cricket sounds? for? You? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't have any cricket sounds. What song but... is that based on? Uh, oh wait. Yeah. Ticket. to Yeah. That's what it's called. Ticket. She's got a ticket to ride. Be- Beatles. Oh. Yeah. She, oh. You know, She's got a ticket to ride. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. All right, it's fine. It's fine. We tried. I'm just hoping that now they come out with another game for every song on this album so that you can eventually play through the whole album in an evening. <laughs> I think that's what they should work towards uh, next. But uh, we will see. That comes out also again uh, later this year. You can pre-order it now, I believe, uh, depending on check with your uh, local game stores and see. And finally, last news story uh, on a more of a somber note, uh, Andrew Hackard passed away who from uh, a form of brain cancer. Very sad. He was with Steve Jackson Games for a long time. He was known uh, unofficially as the Munchkin Czar, as kind of the guy who oversaw a lot of the different Munchkin expansions uh, and uh, spinoff products from the last 10 years or so. Um, if you look uh, Board Game Geek, of course, Steve Jackson has the sole credit of the original design, but he's got, he had his hand in 
a lot of the later versions of it from Pathfinder to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever millions of other zombies, other versions of Munchkin that existed in their expansions. So, um, you know, just it, it's, it's sad and we, you know, are, want to pay our respects. Um, I know Munchkin is uh, derided by a lot of the community, including myself, as being not a great game, but I, I, it is certainly, I do not think I would, I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now if Munchkin didn't exist. It really was my, one of the biggest intros for me and truly maybe, maybe my most important gateway game into the board game hobby. Sarah, are you, were you ever a Munchkin person or is it something you still break out from time to time? Oh my God, no. I played it once and I was like, never again. Um. <laughs> so you did not, uh, you did not have that. You found, you found other ways in, it sounds. Yes, <laughs> you know, but of course, you know, any death, uh, you know, is a sad thing. So, you know, that has nothing to do with of the course. sadness of the community for losing someone who created a game that many people do love or helped develop a game that many people do love. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly one that I think d- really depends also on where in your experience in the hobby you discover it. Because for me, it was very early on. Oh yeah, and yeah, no, I'd been in the hobby for a few years when I played it for the first time, and yeah, just didn't, yeah. <laughs> it was something I never wanted to do play again. <laughs> it has a, it has a specific uh, itch to scratch, certainly. I think, uh, and uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Jonathan, now that if you want some backstabbing, you're like, no, no, not Munchkin. I want to sit at a table for a few hours while I'm trying to guess whether you're a Cylon or not. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to play a game for three plus hours, that's that's the one I'm picking. Uh, so rest in peace, Andrew Hackard, and I'm sure they will continue on the legacy of of all the Munchkin stuff that's that's coming out. And uh, we may not want to play it too much now, but it's it's a great thing to bring in a lot of new people into the hobby. So for that, you got to... You got to give it a little bit of tip of the hat. Uh, so that's our news from this week. Now we're going to talk about other things that we have to look forward to in the future on Kickstarter. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. This one. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. That's right. Each one of us has chosen a project on Kickstarter, uh, or it could be another crowdfunding service, perhaps, that we want to highlight. Sarah, what is your pick for us this week? Oh, gosh, I wonder if we have any overlaps. Um, so my pick is called Winter Haven Woods. All right. Tell me yeah. about it. So I don't know much about it because I didn't get to um, play the prototype. So I've backed it on Kickstarter. It's a strategic drafting and set collection game for one to six players. And it's got such beautiful illustrations. The artwork is just so striking. It's these really beautifully drawn winter animals set against a really white background and like wintry trees. And yeah, it's just absolutely stunning. It just looks so beautiful. And I love games that you can like, you know, take out during certain times of the year because it fits thematically with a certain time of the year or a holiday. Mm. So I, you know, I'm happy to try this game during like Christmas season or winter time. You know, it would be perfect for that. Yeah. 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 We don't have too many there aren't a lot of those. There aren't like really many Christmas games. No. And for a while I thought that there weren't many Halloween games, but there are a number of games that would fit for Halloween now, you know? So I'm, I'm thinking of maybe right. doing a video of my favorite, like Halloween kind of games, but like Christmas and winter. Yeah. Not so much. So this is one that would definitely, you know, fill that little niche, I think. 
every now and then when we, we look at Kickstarters, then I'll mention some of Jonathan's like, how, how do you find things that I didn't see? And this feels like, how did I miss this? I just look at this and instantly the art just is like, I want to see you know more. Like right? it's that Isn't it's not too gorgeous? complicated, but beautiful and just with against the white backgrounds, yeah, which makes total so sense. Like yeah. if you've ever been through winter when there's a giant snowstorm, like around us last year, um, you, you'd be like, yeah, this looks amazing, you know? So, and of course I love animals, so I'm totally in. Yeah. And the basic pledge is only $20. I mean, that doesn't include shipping, I don't think, but still that's very reasonably priced. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember looking at the, the the artwork. Reminds me of um, God. What is, is is it like? Is it Eric Carl? I guess like those kids' books. There's one in particular, isn't there? The it's like do you know? Do you hear what I hear? That that song, but there's like a book illustrated of it. I think I, I'm picturing children's uh, picture books that I remember from my youth. Uh, kind of evocative of that. And yeah, it's it looks gorgeous. And as you said, twenty bucks, hard hard to beat that. Uh, so take a look at that one. That's Winter Haven Woods. Uh, that's a uh, family card drafting and set collection game, they say, for one to six players. Yeah, definitely check it out. So I hope we can get those um, stretch goals unlocked. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. I just looked. I mean, there's a jackalope. Right? There's a, like, oh, gosh, there's so many cool animals that oh, I want I... to see unlocked. Like a silver fox, a blue hedgehog. Like, what? <laughs> Come on. I really hope that they actually keep the question mark there. <laughs> yeah. <So> it's <laughs> blue hedgehog, I think. <laughs> yeah, knows? I want to see that. Yeah. yeah, that's, let's see, that's 45K. They're at 26. Yeah, I, I bet they'll make it. But yeah. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to give them that, that bump. We'll see if we can yeah. do it. Uh, all right, Will, your turn. What's your pick this week? My pick is Tranquility The Ascent. This is a solo or cooperative game when you are all trying to ascend the mountain. You'll be doing so by playing these diamond-shaped cards along a base, and then you're trying to make the whole the whole uh, mountain you pretty much a, a triangle. The trick is that you can only play certain cards next to each other. First of all, you can't put the same element next to each other. They, this mountain likes variety. Second, they have numbers, and you can, one, not place a number on a row that is bigger than... Uh, that is smaller than that. So the ones, if I'm, let me say the example, it'll make more sense. Yeah. The ones can go on the first row, but not on any other row. Okay. So you got to be careful with the number cards there. The other thing is when you place a number card next to another one. So let's say I placed a three, then the next person placed a seven. They have to now discard four cards. So you have to then be careful of not placing like, Oh, I'll place my 12 next to the one. Cause you can lose a bunch of cards. And if you aren't able to play everything to the end, you lose. So this is very similar to your games like the game. When you mm. are all working together, you can't say what's in your hand, but you sort of got to like try to think why is he, why is, why is he only playing the like low, low numbers? He hasn't played anything high. Does he have nothing that high or does he have nothing in the middle? So he only mm -hmm. has extremes. <laughs> so it looks like this really fun pattern resolving game. And it has a bunch of, they call it expansions, but I think modules would be a good way of like different rules to use. They have one where there is a card you can't play next to each other. In fact, you have to. You have to now, in addition to the previous rules, make a path from the base to the summit. So you pretty much got to get like one color in perfect order, nearly. Then mm. there are some goat meeples, which are adorable, but <laughs> are very annoying, and you have to try to get them up. 
to the top. So you got to try to find a way to get those up as well. There are some promos as well with uh, that. Wow. Uh, There are some promos as well that give you some uh, buffs and to help you out a little bit, including one that is a St. Bernard dog, which I think is adorable. (laughs) There you go. And there are a couple other things too. It just looks like a a cute game. And also one that if you're looking for something, you're a bit more of like that kind of like the game or anything that puzzle solving of like, all right, even Hanabi, the, you know, like we have these numbers. What are the chances I can get away with this? Like, all right, I can discard these three cards and put this next to here. I'll keep these elements to the side. And like I said, with those mini expansions, you can mix up the rules to change up gameplay. So is this a cooperative game? Because I'm just looking at the Kickstarter now. I didn't mm-hmm. know about this game, but oh my God, I'm in love with the artwork. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's solo or cooperative. I have not seen anything about competitive. That would be probably a little bit mean. You're just trying to kick everyone off the mountain. But no, you you are working together. <laughs> <laughs> I would be down for a competitive game where you're kicking people off a mountain. Oh, God. But um, okay. this game looks so good. I did not know about it, but now I am going to hit that back button. Wow. <laughs> All right, you've already All right. <laughs> we've ensnared another one. <laughs> I think there's no better endorsement than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty good. What's sorry? What's that one called again? Uh, this one is Tranquility: The Ascent, and it goes for about twenty four dollars. Once again, not shipping and stuff, which probably could have been a news story, but I haven't seen an f- official article right now. Shipping is so weird for everyone right now. No one knows, and with you know shipping containers being so hard to even get your product on. You, right. We don't even know what things it's, are going to be. It's a strange world out there these days. Uh, that brings us to my pick. And uh, I'll be honest with you, folks. I, I I looked around. I didn't have a chance to look at anything in depth. Nothing, nothing was quite wowing me too much this week. But I am going to go with one that everybody else seems to love. So maybe I'll join the crowd too, which is Valor and Villainy. Ludwig's or perhaps Ludwig, not sure. Uh, Labyrinth. Uh, this is a new standalone game that is a follow up to the other Valor and Villainy game from Skybound Games. And it's a big old co op campaign legacy game. It's one of those uh, with a whole bunch of minis, and you're you have different characters that you're leveling up as you go you're exploring tiles uh the the theme and style it's got uh some some science sci-fi stuff some fantasy stuff uh, a lot of weird colorful goofy kind of characters and artwork and i know there's uh you know we we kind of joke about it every year there's more and more campaign games (laughs) probably that nobody has any time to play Uh, but this one has some interesting stuff in the way that you're frequently leveling up not just like between games you know like a lot of these are but in the midst of the game you're upgrading your character getting new skills and abilities um you you're also making choices at certain paths so it's got kind of like um also kind of a light storytelling uh element to it where you're having different encounters and uh, uncovering things and it looks like that sounds like there's a pretty good sense of humor to the game this has got uh almost three hundred thousand dollars uh funded so far and it's sixty dollars for the regular edition of it ninety dollars for the deluxe one but it has all so much positive buzz and feedback from all kinds of different critics and everything uh, it, it looks i'm interested in checking it out i don't it's I, i'm sometimes intimidated by games of this size with this many minis but 60 bucks for for one of these games is actually pretty good um so that's 
That's Valor and Villainy Ludwig's Labyrinth from Skybound Games. I guess I'll also kind of cheat a little bit and I can talk about two games that are will be on Kickstarter by the time this episode comes out that we uh, did get the chance to play prototypes of. Uh, you can see videos for them on our channel. Uh, and those are Battle Peak and the Millennium War, uh, which I think are pretty interesting. People might want to check out Battle Peak is like this game about you're all wizards trying to knock each other off a mountain and you have crazy spells that you're using energy for and creating boulders and lava and ice and stuff and throw them throwing them at each other and the millennium war is kind of inspired by mobas but it's another one with uh lots of minis if you choose to buy them that uh, look crazy of crazy robots and people fighting each other <laughs> so uh, uh also look for those uh but those are our Kickstarter picks. This Can week. I mention one more? Please. I would love it if you did. So um, as you were talking um, on the Kickstarter page, it was like a suggested project. And oh my God, it looks so cool. And there's only three days left. It's called Grab Your Goat. Have you <laughs> okay. heard of it? No. What is no, Grab Your Goat? The title already got me. Oh my God. It's So it's, I don't know, how, do, how is it described? Let's see. It says, you take on the role of a shepherd whose favorite goat has escaped to the top of the mountain between your homes. In the friendly rivalry that exists between shepherds, you want to be the first to recapture your escaped goat. And the artwork is just so cool. I love it. And it's got these really cool, like, looking goats. Like, you know, you mentioned goats earlier from that one game. Yeah. yeah so and they were also mischievous. So it seems that seems to run uh, with all the goats right now. <laughs> yeah. So this looks really cool. It's already funded, but it's all, it's only got three days left. So. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking yeah. At it, now. it looks, it looks very fun. It looks cute. It's just whimsical looking, right? I just love yeah. it. Those, those but cute it, it also, and it looks, it doesn't look like a, like overused. It looks, I really like the art cause it's like, it feels different. Uh, but yeah. still, like you said, like I love different still, looking artwork in yeah. games. Like you know, it's I have my favorite artists, of course. But like when I see a new type of artwork, um, yeah, that's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's I mean, we're definitely very guilty of I, I judge games by their covers. <laughs> oh my god, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially with Kickstarters, I, uh, we eat with our yeah. eyes first. So being able to actually right. spot something that doesn't look like oh. That looks like the same art from like a D and D book from you know ten years ago or something. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I gotta say, scrolling down too, just see. I'm like looking at their example plays. I'm already seeing like how you can just be such a pain to each other, like rotating paths and like messing and moving the goats around. Yeah, it just looks so good. I'm hitting that back button. <laughs> <laughs> we are, our wallets are draining as the episode. I know. Progresses. What have you done? You shouldn't have asked me to come on the show. Like I've already just backed two games that I had no idea about. It's just, uh, it is really dangerous. So sometimes it's yeah. better to just not look at Kickstarter. <laughs> right? I think we'll need to put like a, a surgeon's warning before the Kickstarter. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Consuming board game content may make you purchase board games. Uh, all right. Well, find links to all those in the show notes. Uh, that's that's grab your goat. <laughs> last time we talked <laughs> about. Uh, but now we're going to get to talk about some games that hopefully we've actually had the chance to play in the table talk segment of the show, which has this long bumper. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Table talk. Table talk. Table talk. All right. Games that we have been playing lately. I'm very curious. I'd love to hear, Sarah, what in the past 
couple of weeks, few weeks, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. What games have you managed to get to the table that uh, you'd like to discuss? Uh, the game I most recently played is Praga uh, Rejni Kaput. I'm I'm sure I butchered that name big time. <laughs> uh, don't ask us because we won't. yes, that sounded good to me. <laughs> okay, so have you guys played it? No, no, I have not. It's a it's a pretty heavy Euro game, um, but it is really great. Oh God, what's the designer's name? He's I see really Vladimir. Good. Sushi? Sushi. Sushi, yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's such a good game. Um, there's a lot going on in the board, so I tend to try to in with in games like that, I try to just focus my attention on a couple of areas and hope that that will, you know, work for me. <laughs> I never win board games, but this time, the second time I played, I did much better than the first time I played. So I think I made progress. It is a really good game. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. I think, you know, I've played it twice now, both at three players, and both times I absolutely loved it. And yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a brain burner for sure. I what mean, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at images of this, and it just looks crazy in the oh best God. way. Like there are, it looks like there's some step thing going on in one corner. There's a yeah. wheel in another. Yeah. And then there's a whole <laughs> map down south, and then there's a river, like the bridge. There's a lot going on. So me personally, I focused mostly on advancing on the road and getting on that bridge. Um, so that's the thing I focused most on. Um, but yeah, you need to like build little. I don't know if they're called villages or towns, and you need to also improve your own little circular like player board thing and improve your own actions and try to make connections on your own player board to get bonuses like there's just so much going on then there's like those stadium things i don't even know if they're called stadiums but they look like stadiums that you can (laughs) advance on to you know get more points but there is just so much going on someone described the board as looking like a where's waldo page oh yeah um, because it's just so busy and yeah i can totally see that <laughs> yeah yeah it does it does kind of have that aesthetic yeah <laughs> uh is there like another game or a couple of games that you might compare it to that might kind of give an idea of what it's like oh gosh uh yeah games where there's just, so not as heavy but games like merv or um, Coimbra, I feel like, are kind of similar. You know, those Euro games where there's so many different areas of the board where you can advance on um, and try to focus your attention on. So I would, you know, compare it to games like that, for sure. Got it. Praga Kaput Regni. Yeah. Regni? 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 I don't know. (laughs) Someone someone can write the show and let us know uh, how you say it. But I feel like uh, Vladimir Suchi is like my white whale of his all these games that are so celebrated that I've never had the chance to play. Underwater Cities recently, everybody loved. And Last Will is one I've heard about like you know, for, from when I, I almost early on started playing board games, I remember so yeah, many people saying I, how great it is. I actually wasn't a fan of Underwater Cities. Um, mm. I've heard that people who like terraforming Mars would like Underwater Cities. And I actually played it at PAX Unplugged in 2000. Gosh, when was that one there? I think 18, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't really like it, to be honest. Um does that mean you are not a terraforming Mars fan? No, I am not. <laughs> well, I know that's to, like blasphemy. We're going to ask you to leave. No, it seems like a lot. Oh, it's, it's actually pretty. That is a fairly polarizing game. I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't like it. And I kind of I kind of I assume I, what I hear usually is that it's 
uh, you know, the there's so many cards and you might just get bad cards mm. that don't help you yeah. or mm-hmm. s- sometimes you just don't or maybe people just don't like the speaking of cute artwork, Terraforming Mars does not have it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But I do want to try Sushi's other games, Shipyard from 2009. I've heard it's yeah. got five rondelles mm-hmm. in it. I, if I remember correctly, that's what I heard someone say. <laughs> I mean, a game with five rondelles. What? I want to play that. Yeah. 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 Well, the more rondelles, the better, I say. (laughs) (laughs) Get as many as you can fit in that box. Do you tend to, when it's, you know, you don't have to play something for the channel. It's it's game night. It's whatever you want. Do you gravitate more towards a heavier Euro game? No. So for I host a game night on Wednesday nights. We finally started up again regularly a couple of weeks ago. Thank God. Um, so mm-hmm. at our you know at my Wednesday night meetup that I host, um, we now meet at a game bar where before we used to meet at an ice cream shop, but they haven't fully opened up yet. We tend to play like lighter to medium games, like these heavier games. I arrange to meet up and play with friends on other days um yeah got it got it so like at the most recent meetup i think we played villagers we played sushi party sushi go party at a previous one i played um, i brought my prototype of um long shot the dice game which is so much fun Mm, we had a lot of fun with that one yeah yeah i loved it it was so much fun Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, okay. Yeah, we need to start doing game nights at ice cream parlors. That's yeah, how yeah, it's <laughs> great until your game is being played and you see someone eating ice cream on a cone and you see it dripping near your cards and you're just sitting there mm. like cringing <laughs> and praying that the ice cream doesn't land on your game. <laughs> This now seems like a new game that needs to be made that's all about having a game night, but you have to like try to place your games earlier so they're right. less likely for the ice cream to melt onto them. Oh my god. Meta gaming, yeah. Meta board a game. Uh we'll work on that. We'll we'll try to put that together. Uh all right. So uh any anything else that you wanna shout out real quick or, or oh, as gosh. long as you want if you want. <laughs> or or we can continue with some of ours and if anything pops into your head yeah if anything pops up I'll, I'll come back to it perfect all right all right so well, will and i have been playing a couple of things together what, what do you want to start with will uh i'm actually going to switch the order we have on our notes here i'm going to do the Go thing you it. were not a part of but mm. if people might have seen that was the expansion for arkham horror third edition arkham horror secret of the secrets of the order sorry it is plural mm. this is the most recent expansion and in this one, we played live. It did last for quite some time. I think we hit or got close to four hours, <laughs> um, which tends to be a thing, especially when you're streaming, because you say things a bit more to make sure everyone knows what you're doing. You, it's a little, you can't do the shortcuts. Um, right. But I have a feeling I you felt the same way as I did after I finished this, which is I was really happy to finally have this hit the table again, even if it was for a stream, just as you felt with Battlestar. There are these certain long games that I have. A, I think that when they hit you just right, you don't care how long it takes. You feel good afterwards, even though you lose, which according to people watching me, I have not won a game of Arkham. Anytime I've played <laughs> live or uh, for people to see, I've lost. And we should, if anyone uh, doesn't, didn't, hasn't figured it out or doesn't play, this is, this is the, you said third edition, but this is the board game, not the mm-hmm. card game. Yet. Correct. I'm I'm really bad. You're always remember, like, well, remember, people might not have played these games. <laughs> Just so you always got to gotta correct me. Yeah, I yes, get confused it, uh, too. You are all working together to stop a certain scenario. In this case, we had to stop some ancient, uh, I think it was called a Gug, G-U-G, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember A priest Gug. 
uh, from bringing the banished old gods, which according to the lore of whatever the cards are reading, they were, they were like, didn't care. So they were coming back like, I guess we'll come back to Earth. Like, <laughs> they just seemed like they weren't that angry about being banished. <laughs> yeah, easy come, easy go. Uh, what What is it? So new scenarios, new characters, new cards. Is there any, like, new mechanic or anything in this one? There are a couple one, but the big one I want to spotlight were the, I think it's called Shroud on the Enemies. There are certain enemies that the front is all the same, but their back is different, so you don't know what they are. But the big thing, the scary thing is when they when you defeat them and put them back in the monster deck, you shuffle the monster deck. So usually let's say, which happened the, the show, someone was able to defeat the bloody Titan, very difficult monster. It goes on the top, which pretty much means it's like in the discard pile. You don't need to worry about it. Probably this shuffles it. meaning you can go right back to the bottom, which it did. So you have to be a lot more careful about the monsters you're killing. Hmm. Okay. It's a little bit, a little bit riskier. You can't mm -hmm. predict as well. What's going on. And uh, there, I don't know if it was new or not, but I got a spell that turns you into a werewolf. So I was playing this, you know, the old lady is supposed to be your spellcaster and clue finder. No, not combat. She was just walking in and just swiping left and right, just tearing everything apart. Like, no, nah, I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> you you're out. Goodbye. <laughs> That's good. It's fun when you can uh, make a character into a, a, a murder machine when they're not supposed to be. <laughs> Uh, so that sounds like you're, you're happy with it mm -hmm. and that's what their second or third big expansion for, I think third, I may be miscounting one. Um, but it's the newest one. That's well, the easiest I guess, I, I guess now that you say it's the newest, but I guess this probably came out like last year. Is that right? <laughs> no, I think this, oh, one it is actually pretty new. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just wasn't sure if it was like a delayed because of pandemic play. <laughs> well, I don't know like if it could have come out then, but no, this was like, I'm pretty sure I purchased this near release date. So Got it. Okay. All right. Cool. But the other one, and this one, Jonathan, you can comment on, uh -huh. mm -hmm. is an, uh, another card game, not a living card game, an expandable card game. The copyright free version of that that's right Legally. Uh, and that's vampire the masquerade rivals this is in the world of vampire the masquerade you are playing as one of the different groups there this can go up to four people playing at once i was playing as i'm gonna butcher these so i apologize in advance <laughs> we don't we don't have to say their names <laughs> uh, uh the, you i was playing as can torador i think i'm saying that pretty much these are the they're more like trying to use social aspects and controlling the situation and like getting people under their control, the, like the, the masses, uh, you were playing as clan Bruja, And I would say you're the bruisers. You're trying to beat everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seems to be. And this has different decks and goals. Now this does have starter decks and that's what we've been playing with mostly. Uh, so we don't have to try to worry about like, well, that card's really overpowered. You shouldn't be using it. You know, like we're using what's in there. There are two other decks, so you can go straight into a four-player game with this. And um, mm -hmm. like we did play this before, way before early on, like prototype. Uh, we played a tabletop simulator version, mm -hmm. yeah. And that was multiplayer. In this, I still thought it was a really good two-player, but I do think a lot of the things they add in this shine because it's like you can play the politics games with other people. Right. Yeah, the standard play is that you'll have a rival. So one of the other players at the table is like specifically who you want to go after. 
um, which if you you lose that with with just two people. You're just each other's rival by default. And then there's also cards that will be like everybody can kind of vote on something or everybody can maybe contribute a resource to this secret thing. And you can try to make maybe form alliances with somebody, stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, you definitely lose that with the two player. I still had a, a pretty good time playing it. I, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's not the fun. worst. Like we've seen a couple games sometimes are like, it can go to this player count. And we're like, no, it can't. Yeah, I think it would still work. It's just, it's a different thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it works differently, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it when we like formally review this and we've said it before in our impressions video too, but it honestly, it feels like if you like the game of Thrones, living card game or any kind of uh, there was also a previous vampire the masquerade card game this one's based on that we uh, didn't play Mm -hmm. uh but it it feels like one of those types of games but even though you know all these games have keywords and rules to deal with this one felt lighter to me i don't think it's quite as i will say initiative feeling a print preempt i don't know i'm bad with words <laughs> initial impressions initial impressions i like this better than game of thrones wow i think, I think it does a better job <laughs> um wow it could be also theme wise like you know it's modern day vampires maybe a little bit different than medieval and there's also a game of thrones board game which i think does that tension very well partially in the game of thrones card game there's a thing where you can become rivals of someone you do this drafting of these cards their roles each round and sometimes that can be annoying because like i know you're the ship master so this is going to be this is like look your rivals there don't worry about it so i feel like you don't have to worry about that kind of metagaming of like how to pick different roles with that i kind of like that metagaming though too i i like i agree with you it's nice for it to be simpler i do think that's a good choice now i i didn't want it's not too simple like those are one of the reasons i brought up when you were like why do they call this? This is just your home. This is your group of vampires. Yeah, well, no, anything that's, um, you know, it's it's one of those games, like the, the worst offender to me was Android Netrunner. That's maybe, <laughs> I think that's the worst of all time, where um, everything has a different name for it. They can't just call it the deck. It has to be whatever it is the the database or the (laughs) this game's actually not that is there's only a couple things like that but uh yeah it's like we didn't really need a word for this but the thing with these games is because you know they're thinking about well in 14 expansions we might need a card that references that and we need the shorthand otherwise every card has four paragraphs of text on it i guess um so maybe it's just the nature of the beast i don't i don't know uh but that's vampire the masquerade rivals uh, sarah you got any experience with an, a, any of the arkham horror board game or i guess any other vampire masquerade games is that those no, themes interesting none to you? whatsoever <laughs> <No>. great perfect <laughs> two for two uh that's all right no they're um it's good if, if you like those kinds of competitive cutthroat uh, card games vampire vampire was a good one but mm-hmm. this one might be uh up your alley another one that we played that i think a lot of people are excited about that has been getting a lot of good, really good buzz is Destinies. Uh, this is from Lucky Duck Games, and this is a competitive game that is app based and has a lot of uh, narrative elements in it. Each player is a different hero character. Well, some of them may not be heroes, could be an anti hero. You have a different character, and you're traveling around different cards, and each card has points of interest. And as you look in the app, which you're using alongside the game on your phone, you will say, I want to click on this thing on this card, and the app will tell you there's a person there, and you can talk to them, or uh, you can 
buy something from them and you're trying to achieve some kind of objective, which is a secret to your character. Uh, you have two choices on the back of your card. Only you know what it is. And it's it's something it, it could be very scenario specific. And I, won't, I don't want to say anything specific because I don't want to spoil anything. But essentially, the way the game works is you're walking around and a lot of times you'll be making skill checks, which involve, you know, rolling dice and you're trying to hit certain numbers and there's more nitty gritty details of it. But that's all you really need to know. If you've ever played a skill check in a game, you're you're rolling dice to try to hit a certain number and you're experiencing a story as you go. Uh, it's so this is from the people who made Chronicles of Crime, and I say that because I think it shares the um scanning mechanic from that game where a lot of cards will have QR codes on them. And if you go in the app, you could like scan your item to use it in a fight, or you could scan an item to give it to a person, and it will recognize what that item is. But what's interesting about it is that, as I said, it's competitive. So if this this feels very much like the, the kind of games I think of Seventh Continent a little bit or Tainted Grail, uh, which was the Tainted, Tainted Grail. Maybe that had competitive mode, too. I don't remember. But uh, usually these kinds of games are like everyone's working together to tell a story. In this one, you want to tell your own story and don't worry about everybody else. You, you're trying to you're it's a race to complete your objective first. And. Now, we've just played the kind of the first chapter, which is like a prologue, I think, not officially part of the campaign. But as from what we've played, it doesn't seem like there's really any way to stop someone from doing something other than like maybe you got an item they wanted, but you don't really you might not know they wanted it. They might not even know they wanted it. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the gist of it. I had a really good time playing this this first ver chapter of it. I think it has some really neat ideas, and I, I do like app games. I, of course, I know a lot of people are not into the app thing, but I, I find if done well, it can be pretty interesting. And I'm very curious to play more to see kind of how the story develops. My one thing that I found, so when we played, again, without spoiling anything, I finished my goal first, but it was like neck and neck at the end. Both, of, both Will and I were very close to finishing our ultimate goals. And I really liked the tension of that. But there was a little bit of, I, I felt kind of, you'll tell me how you feel, Will, because you didn't get to finish your goal and I did. Like, did it feel really defeating? Did you feel bad about that? I didn't feel too bad, I guess. Um, I mean, sure, part of me wanted to know the story because I'm already like, oh, am, am I going to do what I think I'm going to do? I'm, You know, I don't, once again, trying not to say too much. Um, and I will say that with the two goals, like I, for my character, it was like, Oh, I, I think this one probably be the one I'd want to follow. But then when I saw you, I'm like, oh, I, I plan B, plan B. Got to go with this one kind of thing. So, but once again, this is a tutorial, not the campaign as well. I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah. Like, will it be not be as, maybe it just feels like that because we know you can go back in. Maybe they'll make the endings or differences not as, I don't know. But I guess you also want them to make it feel like there's a choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just for me, I feel like, it's one of those things where you, when you get so close to the end, if, if, you know, it can feel really disheartening, I think, because like I said, I don't know, like you said, we'll see if the campaign offers something different, but there wasn't like a second place, like, well, you got 10 points, even though you didn't mm. win, or maybe, maybe in the campaign, you'll get to get like an item or something 
as a consolation prize. But it, I feel like you might run into a feeling of, well, that was two hours I just did and didn't actually get to see the ending, which is maybe just the I, wrong I mindset. This, huh? I, I find this very interesting. You're saying all this because <laughs> I feel like this is what you you told me I shouldn't be feeling this during playing um, most games. <laughs> no, the legacy game. What was it called? Uh, the where you, you had like the treasure box and made the city. Oh, um, my city. Right, because to me that, that I, mean, I got that more in that feeling. These because, are very different kinds of games, though. <laughs> but that's a camp. It's still a campaign, quote unquote. Yeah, but I, I think it's like because it's, this is story focused. Like I, there's there's a difference to me between oh I just didn't win versus like it's it almost feels like I read the first eleven chapters of a book and you got chapter twelve of your book and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't get to see read my ending <laughs> that I guess that's why to me. It, it, and I mean, and I won, so I felt very satisfied. <laughs> I got to see it all. <laughs> I just worry that maybe I won't be as happy. If I, I guess because it was more story related thing, it was more like, well, that's actually what the story, how it went. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that because it was close too. remember, I didn't know I was also going to like, I didn't know if you're going to end. We're like, we weren't sure. Cause the way it was working, it's not like, Oh, Jonathan has 10 points ahead of me. I can't gain 10 points in two turns or something. Yeah, I, I did love towards the end when going back and forth on our turns. It really did feel like a movie where they were like cutting between scenes mm -hmm. simultaneously. <laughs> I, I like the theme of it. So, I'm yeah, even I mean, I, I have these. I don't even know if it's a quibble, just something I'm thinking about after playing it. But we'll see how it develops. Sarah, what are your thoughts on app games? Are you are you a fan of that? Or um, no? So. As far as Destinies is concerned, that's not a game I would typically be interested in. I'm not really interested in narrative-driven games, I've found. Hmm. Um, but app-based games like Awkward Guess, I'm totally for, or The Search for Planet X, like deduction hmm. games where you can have like infinite replayability because the app can come up with new um, puzzles or, uh, um, you know whatever they're called for you to solve. So for games like Awkward Guess and such, I'm totally done with using an app to see whether, you know, I've um, correctly guessed the murder or correctly found Planet X or whatever. But otherwise, I probably would not be a fan of an app-based game just because I'm also really... Um, always worried about you know technology getting outdated or an app getting outdated and whether the publisher will make the necessary updates to keep it you know up to, to keep it current with changes mm -hmm. in technology i i don't know i'm just kind of paranoid about stuff like that uh yeah i've i've got that fear all the time too with some stuff that's why i tend to also if i can get a physical version of something right but it, it's hard like you said i mean Perfect example is Planet, a search for Planet X is so much fun. And just the fact the app can just swap things around. It's not like Clue where you can throw three cards right. in there and like, oh, I know what it probably is. You'll never like with, know. Yeah, like with Awkward Guess, it does come with um, some games that are actually in the booklet. But I've decided I will never play those until you know, someday the app stops working or something like that. And then I'll have those games in the book that I can refer to. But in the meantime, I'll, you know, definitely use the app. Hopefully, yeah. eventually we'll get more uh, people getting onto archiving everything. I know video games are having a bit of a trouble with that, but oh. uh, maybe we can get ahead of the, the curve in board games. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing is that uh, what, what's nice is if those games have a following if if like somebody somewhere archives, like you said, they're, they're 
makes a copy of it so the fans could continue it if and when it ever eventually dies out. But I'm always, if it's something that you couldn't have done without an app or an app does it just so much better that it just makes sense to do it with an app. I'm almost like, you know, I, w- I would prefer that they make it in worst case scenario. Maybe I can't play it in 10 years. And that's definitely no good. <laughs> but I'd rather that than they just never try to make it, I guess. So yeah, I, I've enjoyed a lot of my experiences me. with it. I, I think part of the problem that stings a bit more with the app is like there are games that are not in print anymore because they just can't make them, the products or whatever. But it, it's like an app shouldn't be. But we know we've seen so many times when that has happened. So it's hard not to be worried about like, could they just delete off your phone like that? Oh, right. You know, so. Yeah. You know what they should do? Like someone should go like, for example, with awkward guests, right? So when you use the app, it tells you which cards you need. So maybe someone can go through and just make a document of like a bunch of different games from the app with the solution. So that way. You know, if God forbid something does happen, you'll have like a printout where you can still have many more games to play. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, that would probably, I mean, especially with like, you know, we have Board Game Geek, for example, so it's pretty easy to find where people put up, you know, uh, yeah. reference player guides. That doesn't seem to be too hard to. I'm sure, like, there. you know, I'm not a programmer or anything, and I, don't, you know, I really don't know much about computers, but I would imagine there must be some way to just for a programmer to be like, all right, um, go into this app and print out every possible game and its solution and just print it in a book form. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. And- Probably like in that, I haven't played that game, but I'm sure you could be like, um, scenario one is this answer in the answer book for scenario one. So they don't have to be next to each other. So you don't have to worry like, oh, I actually right. saw the answer. Yeah. 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 There's definitely a lot of good solutions that you that you could do for that. It's, it's, it's interesting. We'll see. I wonder within like 10 years, how, how different if people will just what games will look like and what our reactions will be to things like that as technology develops. Well, we'll all be plugged into the internet by then. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I already am. I've got my chip installed <laughs> in my brain. Uh, and speaking of games that uh, are played with apps, we, we played also a few games online that are just web browser versions of game of actual games. And uh, I'll just, just quickly kind of give a shout out if just as a recommendation for anybody who, if if you have a group of friends that they don't you don't all live together, there's a lot of great options even beyond like board game arena or tabletopia of just in browser free versions of games. Uh, we played uh, a version of just one called One Word, and uh, there's a version of Wavelength called Long Wave, and then there's also a Taboo uh, knockoff which might have just been called Taboo. I don't know if it was they didn't bother to mask what it was. But um, you can you just go to this web go to these various websites. There's a bunch of different versions of them. Of course, some of them have, they have official variants like code names and things that uh, we've played in the past that work really well for long distance uh, online gaming, especially for kind of these later party games like this. We played with just a few people, but a lot of them still worked uh, pretty well, even though. Uh, some of them were challenging, like just one we didn't do so so hot at. Uh, but but it was fun, and I, I love that there's all these uh, different kinds of games that I think a lot of them popped up during the the pandemic, and I'm glad that they are still around. Uh, did you have any anything specific you thought was interesting, Will, about when we played these any of these games? Uh, I mean, I, I will say they, they are very good, especially if you're far away. But you know, 
after being a you know a year uh, over a year you know separated doing this stuff it's it's very hard to be like to, to be excited about yeah. playing yeah, a game Yeah, when I can be like, after doing it in person just earlier, not even, like, not even a week, it's just like, yeah, but I love when we all laugh and the same each other uh, in the room together and just see, like, such the weird word or whatever, you know, the case may be. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's good that they're around for options for everybody, of course. And I, I'm also going to mention one more thing that is technically a tabletop game. Uh, I, uh, was, uh, hanging out with my dad and my stepmom this past weekend. We just like to hang out sometimes, uh, kind of a belated father's day thing. And they have a, they have purchased recently a tabletop version of shuffleboard and we played some shuffleboard. So it's, it's, uh, it's two big pieces that you connect via a magnet in the middle and, on each end are three zones that you are scoring more. There's a one, two, and three zone. And you try to slide your little shuffleboard puck down the thing and get it into one of those zones without knocking it off the edge and try to get more points than the other player. And uh, it's a little repetitive. It's not like, you know, if you're a real hardcore board gamer, maybe it won't uh, quite scratch the itch that you're hoping it'll scratch. But as kind of a casual thing, or maybe you're just like hanging out if you have a big table with friends and you're having some drinks or whatever, shuffleboard is kind of fun. And it's the kind of thing that I could see, like the more, you, if you played it a lot, you really like get the, the, the maneuvering, the like flick of your wrist right. And you get more competitive about knocking each other's pieces or setting pieces up in advance to knock them down further later on. If you get your puck halfway off the last edge, you get a bonus point. So that's like super hard to do. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It's, this is not a, this is kind of an unusual uh, uh, mention on the show. Cause it's not one of our modern hobbyist tabletop games, but technically I think it counts. Any, anybody anybody else on the podcast right now a fan or interested in shuffleboard <laughs> no shuffleboard never, fans never played uh, I, I only it's I, like I thought curling, it was a thing like you smaller. played on a on like a cruise ship or something isn't that thing on a boat like <laughs> yeah that, like... there's like big versions of shuffleboard i think where yeah you have like it's like drawn on the ground and you're like pushing a big puck this is like a little puck and you just kind of you just flick it with your wrist. Well, you just you slide it with your hand. I don't know. It was neat, and I'm I don't I'm sure this thing costs like not that much money, and it's kind of a cool big thing. If you've got a game room or something with a pool table, darts fit in with one of those. <laughs> so uh, check out Shuffleboard. <laughs> There's my last recommendation <laughs> of the show. Uh, anything else that we've been playing that we want to mention? I finally played Azul Summer Pavilion. Um, oh. I'd only played the original before, and uh, I think this one is so much better than the original. I really enjoyed it. Really? What is so much? What's different about this one that separates it? Oh, gosh. Well, there's like different bonuses that you can earn on how you place your tiles. You just need to plan way more in advance, I think. Um, and where you place your tiles can maybe earn you some bonus tiles. And I feel like it's just a lot more difficult to score points in this one, like way more difficult. But I feel like it makes it much more rewarding when you do finally score points and earn some bonus tiles as well. And I think it's prettier. I really like the tiles in this one and the colors. And yeah. Interesting. I'll have to, have to give that one a go because I know... Uh, we, we liked, I mean, I like Azul, but I always, I always feel like it's not exactly my 
kid's favorite type of game. Yeah, I mean, you need to, I feel like I need to be in the mood for an abstract strategy game, you know, like mm-hmm. I really need to be in the mood for it. Otherwise, it's not the kind of game I would just pick up and be like, oh, let's play this. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those games that just fills, uh, fulfills that itch when you have it. Yeah. Well- well, we got a few months left for this being perfect, as it's the summer pavilion. But That's right. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I wonder if they'd come out with an autumn like themed. Oh, yeah, we're back to the seasons now. We got a, we got a summer game or a winter azul. <laughs> I think a winter azul would be good. Except I don't know if it snows in Portugal, so I don't know. Hmm. It'll be the 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 winter vacation house. Yeah. <laughs> I know they eat um, a certain kind of fish soup or something in Portugal. That's a callback to one of our first Is episodes. Is it similar to like ceviche? Are you thinking of Peru? No, 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 no. Because I used this. I used this as a clue <laughs> when I was trying to. It, Caldo Verde is what it's called. Oh, interesting. Portugal. Um, if you go to Lisbon, there's these pastries that are so good. Um, God, what are they called? I was right. It's a green. It's a soup of kale or greens. I was just not fish, but yeah. Sorry. There's a famous pastry shop in. Uh, um, in um, Lisbon, if you go there, oh, so good. I don't remember what the pastries are called, but they're very famous. So if you're ever in Lisbon, make sure you go look up their famous pastry shop and go there and get those. They're just, uh, I think they're called like something did not, uh, something like that. I can't remember, but so good. Uh, All right, I'm going to be right back. I, I got to visit this. I'll, I'll, I swear <laughs> I'll be back in time. <laughs> Is it, uh, I see, Fabrica Donata or Pastes Donata? Yeah, Pastes Donata, something like that. They're just so amazing. Yeah. Have you been? Yeah, yeah, I have. Because when okay. I lived in London, I used to try to like take like um, trips to different European cities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's We were talking to, we had another guest on and we were talking about the, that, how uh, you know, in Europe, it's so different where you can like get on a train and go to oh, a different country. I miss that so much. I miss being able to just get on a quick plane ride and be in Italy, like, you know, for one weekend. And it's like, it was just so mind blowing, honestly, to be like, oh, and, you know, just a couple of hours ago, I was in London and now I'm in Italy. Like, how? It's just, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's very good. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. jealous. We'll, we'll add Portugal to the list of places oh, yeah. to visit. Uh, all right. So that's that's all the games that we have been playing one final very fun segment i'm excited because guess what we are gonna end by playing a board game game hope that wasn't too loud that was a little loud (laughs) we're gonna play a board game game that i have prepared painstakingly i spent minutes at least preparing this game uh (laughs) It's a return of an old favorite. It's one that we have played uh, previously. We like to call it Fiddly Feud. So if you're not familiar, it's Family Feud, but I gave it a different name. I have a list of 10 games, and Sarah and Will, you are going to be competing against each other, taking turns one at a time to try to guess... Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe you'll get more points if you get the higher up ones, but we're not really keeping score. <laughs> we'll just see how it goes. And of course, if you're wrong, you'll get a strike. And of course, as we mentioned, Sarah covers board games in a minute. So what I have done is I have gone to boardgamegeek.com and I have found, according to the board game geek rankings of, of players, people who are members of that site, the top 10 games that have play times as listed on board game geek of 15 minutes or less. 
Wow. So top 10 games, 15 minutes or less. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little bit of a clue. The, uh, the highest rank on this is 520 or lowest, I suppose I should say is 520. The highest is 97. So that, that's your range of uh, the popularity. But I would venture guess that most, if not all, these are games that you guys have heard of. I know I'm just maybe this is a bit cheating or not, but like I know that things like <laughs> well, poker are on there. It does not. Include, include, no, we are not talking about classic games. These are hobbyist board games in a box. OK, so no go fish. <laughs> that's right. So, um, yeah, we're gonna, one at a time. You each get to take a guess, Sarah. We'll start with you. Do you okay. have a, what what do you think? What do you think might be on this list? Oh, gosh. Um, um, <laughs> or I, I guess we'll allow you okay, to. I got, I, got, oh, I got one. I think. Perfect. Okay, cool. All right. Ooh. Your guess is coup. And, and you're correct. <laughs> coup is on there at number nine. So lower on the list, but it's there. It counts. You have got coup. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great go to oh, quick God. game for sure. Uh, all right. Now the pressure's on. Well, nine other I'm, games left on the list. I don't know if this will be there because it could actually go long depending on the players, but Flux? No, uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Flux is not there. Uh, I don't see that. I don't see that anywhere. <laughs> Oh God, it's going to be like an hour or something. And I just remember, remember, this is the top rated by board game geek players. So I don't think flux is a uh, super hot amongst the hobbyist board game crowd right now, maybe more in the munchkin category. Uh, all right. That's all right. You got one strike, Sarah, it's back um, to you. Um, just because I see it sitting in front of me, I'm going to guess railroad ink challenge. Railroad ink challenge. <laughs> is not on the board. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's a strike for you. By the way, there's my sound effects. I have a little bit of a gap for the strike sound. So it takes longer for me to tell you you're wrong. So if you have to wait a long time, it might be because you're wrong. There's how you can try to guess. Uh, all right. So you've each got a strike now, popular top 10 games, 15 minutes or less. I also, I I, I think I have one, but now I'm worried. I'm like, what is 15 minutes or less? Like, uh, yeah, is it per player or the entire game? Uh, sorry, I should. I this is uh, it's definitely not per player. This okay. is, uh, and I shouldn't even say, I shouldn't really say fifteen minutes or less because I don't know even if Board Game Geek when you search for games, fifteen minutes is the lowest time you can search for. So uh, I, I would say all of these games. It could, of course, depend on players and analysis paralysis, but I I don't think any of these are going to last you longer than half an hour of the. Extreme. All right, I'm going to go with this. I think a rounds are shorter than 15 minutes, but I don't know if it's considered 15 minutes, and that's where words. Oh, I was going to guess that one. Good guess, good guess. But it is but it is not on the list. It's oh, a good boy. guess, but it's okay. not on the list. In the same vein, I'm going to guess One Night Ultimate Werewolf or any of the One Night games. Yes, <laughs> yes. In fact... In the interest of uh, not torturing you guys, I will tell you that. Uh, so One Night Ultimate Werewolf is number six and One Night Ultimate Werewolf Daybreak is number 10. Awesome. <laughs> so that's two of the three. Uh, we have those as well as Coup at number nine. There's still there's plenty of uh, there's some big ones on this list that are 
that you guys have not said. I will say a little a tiny little clue, but that I think probably you could figure out for yourself. But shorter games tend to be, um, you know, more family accessible as well. So maybe mm. that's something to keep in mind. All right, I'm going to go with Battlestar Galactica final answer. <laughs> <What>? Now, now, <laughs> let's not kid. This is a very serious game. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> why can't I picture any? Uh, wait, uh, Sushi Party? I believe or you Sushi mean. Go, I mean. Sushi, sushi go. go, Sushi Go, and regular, not party. You're correct. Yes. Regular and not party. Sushi Go is there at uh, number seven. So. I'm not out yet. Okay. <laughs> so. uh, I'm going to kind of cheat then. Sushi go roll. No, I'm afraid not. What? We tried, oh, we tried no. to cheat, but it did not work okay, out for you. It did not work out oh, for you. You're not giving me any breathing room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know. She goes right in there, like ready to go. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Uh, I don't have, I'm trying to like look around the room for maybe like something to inspire me, but I see a Gloomhaven comic and D&D. I'm like, those aren't 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is a sh- uh, love letter? Oh, that's a good one. I, oh, I'm surprised, honestly. Yeah, I'm surprised. Love letter, not, I, I don't see that in too high up. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, that's got to be, that's not that long. No, I, no, 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 no. That's, that's true. If anything, that's like five minutes <laughs> here. I'll give you, here's, here's another a little, a couple more little clues. There is another set of games that are from the same series on this list. There are two games like the werewolf ones that are from the same series. Okay. Um, silver, like silver amulet or bullet or good guess. Along with keeping with the werewolf, uh, the werewolf theme a little bit, but no. But okay. no, no silver, no <laughs> silver. But but I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> that that inspire anything in you, Will? Uh, exploding kittens. Oh. Uh, another good guess. Another good guess. Not on the list. <laughs> okay, I have a guess. This might seem like a weird guess. Um, Odin's ravens. Hmm. Mm. Nope. <laughs> but I love the rapid, the lightning round we're, we're going with this. Odin's <laughs> Ravens, didn't they? Aren't they recently? They're remaking that or something? Or am I thinking um, So I don't. I think the uh, Osprey Games. I think came out with the second edition of it. I don't know who did the first, but um, yeah, I, I don't know if they're coming out with a new one. But uh, mm. the Osprey one, I feel like, is pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. So look at that. What? Do you, all right. Here's another. Here's another clue for you guys. Uh, Two of these, uh, well, actually, I think th- multiple of these <laughs> that are remaining were definitely spieled as Yara's nominees, if not winners. What? The crew? Wow. Oh, that's a, that's a good oh, guess. Dang. Nope, that's st- but it's not on there. <laughs> ooh, ooh, okay, okay. I think I got one. Cat lady. Hmm. No, <laughs> I no. think we need to have a, uh, a conversation with these board game people because I think our our guesses are much better. A couple of these you'll be kicking yourselves, but um, well, don't don't give the answers oh, yet. I have a couple more guesses. All right, I will you know, go as long as you want. Yeah, let's let's do it. I feel like this should be higher rated, but you said the highest rated game here is ninety something, right? Ninety seven is the high, is the number one. I'm still gonna say this because it's got to be rated higher, but Hanabi. 
Okay. No. I honestly, I wanted to hear that was wrong. <laughs> I did okay. not want to hear Navi on there being below <laughs> Jaipur. Oh, really good, really good. Guess. <laughs> it's not there. What? <laughs> what is Jaipur's playtime? You're gonna Hold have to on, take this up with uh Yeah, some of these might be no, this this could be a this could also no yeah these are fifteen minutes or less yeah mm-hmm. All right, I, hold on I'm, I'm checking it says thirty minutes for Jaipur interesting uh, maybe, maybe okay. if you play like all three rounds or whatever that that yeah. could be yeah I now need to find reasons that things aren't on the list now because I'm like I love that game why is it <laughs> not there okay fine here's another here's another big clue for you guys there's one game on here that is almost in the same family as shuffleboard hmm. i have no idea but i'm gonna make a different guess unrelated <laughs> good good um Spiel yeah, it, it's weird. avalon or the the resistance avalon. Oh, that's definitely not 15 minutes or i don't know i, I <laughs> yeah. it, it came to me when you said two so i'm like that's two things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right Sari said he had a few more. What do you, okay, what do you think? Okay, point salad. <laughs> I feel I'm starting to feel bad pressing this button, but no, it's not, what? It's not oh my god! <laughs> I wonder if the issue here is that a lot of these are are like 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> that's why they're not on this list. Now, the problem is, John, for me, because I have such bad analysis paralysis, I've already added 30 minutes to any game. <laughs> right, every game <laughs> takes an hour for us to play. There's yeah. one. You're sure Arkham Horror is not on there? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> there is a really big uh, one that I wonder if. Uh, the block is that you're just not thinking of it as 15 minutes and maybe you would even argue. I don't know that it's not, uh, that could be part uh, of this. Like Mysterium. No, let's, let's, let's go into free for all mode. <laughs> Feel free okay. sh- shout out any, any answers that come. All to right. Your head. Um, truffle shuffle. God. No, no truffle shuffle. Oh, um, King Domino. What? King Domino is there. Number three. What? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It is all right, there. that's that's all. That's the best I've got. And that's <laughs> not the most. That's not the most high-profile game on this list either. There's there's oh, still could, there's a real what? big one, two real big ones in the same family. One of my Dragon Domino. <laughs> no, it's not that. Queen Wait, one of your Domino. Favorite... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not, and it's not Dominoes either. Okay. <laughs> um, God, one of your favorite games. All right. Um, I said werewords already. That would have been my guess no, of that. I mentioned it. Dice passing. throne. No, no dice throne. <laughs> oh wait. Uh, um, no, you said coup, right? Wasn't that the fir- very first? <laughs> yep, that yep. was the first one. Yeah, yeah that was when we started uh, off so strong and things went downhill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just one. Oh, great, great guess, but no, no, just one. <laughs> Uh, oh, um, uh, 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 code names is that what? <gasps> there it is. Oh my god, code names is the number one, and code names pictures is what? number five. What about decrypto? Is decrypto on there? No, decrypto. <gasps> okay. No, there's, I think there's, I, there's one more spiel to uh, as I'm pretty I sure it was a winner. Yeah, I love decrypto, but I don't know if we could. I can't even joke about analysis paralysis. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably way longer than 15 minutes. Even Codenames was the one I thought 
uh, you know, depending on how many people on a team, that could last you longer than 15 minutes. But I guess if you're just counting like. One time we had a game of, um, you know, there's Love Letter and then there's the Cthulhu version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a game of it last for two and a half hours. Oh, Oh, so you're already ready for Arkham Horror. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I think I, yeah, that is like the time a friend and I played BattleCon, which is, that also is supposed to last like, 30 minutes and we spent like three hours just because the two of us were so bad with analysis paralysis. <laughs> That's funny. It's uh it's rough. All right. Shall I, uh, have we given yeah, up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell us. All right. So uh, the, the bigger other big one on this list, I think is magic maze. <gasps> I have oh. magic maze. Oh, which I might've thought is being slightly longer. Oh my God. I can see the box right now. And I see the 15 <laughs> minute sign now on the side of the box. Uh. And I even looked in that direction. Oh my God. Oh God. Mm, that's Ma- magic maze was one of the games I brought to that game night uh weekend thing i went to but people didn't want to play it people mm. get only really people frustrated play. playing it like i have a friend who refuses to play it because he says that it just makes his blood boil like it just- <laughs> uh, i know well john i know yeah. why you didn't think 15 minutes is because i remember when we first played it one person was not getting we were all just slamming the red totem oh my that <laughs> thing is gonna break they should have like made it out of like something else oh but, yeah, yeah reinforced steel that is uh, definitely game that has not hit the table in a while that really does need to come back again very fun game uh the so further up the list number four the one i was comparing to shuffleboard that uh, i don't know if i would have ever guessed is clask you know i've never heard of it you've it's good chance you've seen it at conventions it's uh the little it's a little wooden board and uh underneath there's like magnetic pieces and players are moving the magnets to control kind of like a little mini hockey game uh, but it's much more of like a dexterity kind of. Uh, Maybe I, I thought there was something like there's a board in the middle or something. I'm remembering from conventions, but yeah, no, it's been around. And then the other one that I have no familiarity with, but it's number two here, uh, Hanami Koji. Never heard of it. Do <laughs> do not know it. I don't even know. It's a Japanese no. game. I don't know the designer. I don't know the publisher. <laughs> There are know. some great games that come out of Japan that I've been discovering recently, so that must be one of them, but I've not heard of it. Wow. I yeah. recognize the art, but that could be just because, like, I see somebody like, bring a, there's a sale of this. I'm like, I, I'll get it later because I don't know. I have, like, three Japanese games we've never touched because we're like, we'll get to them eventually, and we don't. So. If you want to know a good Japanese game that I got to play with um, a designer, well, he was not the designer of the game, Johnny Pack, but I got to play it with him, and then um, a friend, Corey, we played Rumble Nation, which was so good. I love it. I'm Rumble always Nation. down for suggestions. Right. Rumble yeah. Nation. Oh, <laughs> mark right. that one so down. That's a great Japanese game if you can get your hands on it. Yeah. Once again, more purchases are happening. Oh, gosh. To this, podcast. this podcast is terrible <laughs> for my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> We're very bad influences on each other. Well, that was Fiddly Feud, and uh, I consider you both winners because uh, this is a flawed system of Board Game Geek's <laughs> weird <laughs> ranking system uh, that's not always hard to predict. Uh, but that was the game and that was our show. And 
we're so happy that you could join us. But before you go, Sarah, if you let people know where and how can they follow you and find your fun content online? Yeah. So if you look me up, I am Board Games in a Minute on YouTube, Instagram, and um, Facebook. And on Twitter and TikTok, I am Puffindor. So that's P-U-F-F-I-N-D-O-R. Perfect. We will put links to that in the show notes. Everybody go follow. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Thank you. Yes, definitely a lot of fun. Good to get the chance to talk to you for a while. And um, yeah, talk more about and learn more about the games and stuff that you're playing. Always fun. So anybody listening, again, check that out in the show notes. Thank you so much for checking out our show. uh, For for more Roll for Crit stuff, you can find all our videos and everything at rollforcrit.com. And uh, we've got a Patreon page with extra bonus audio episodes that you can check out as well. Or just rate and review us on iTunes. Oh, and if you have a question for the show, uh, something you'd like us to discuss or answer or talk about, you can email it to us at meeplegallery at gmail.com, thereby joining our Meeple Gallery. Uh, But otherwise, that's it. Once again, thanks, Sarah, for coming on the show. Thank you. And uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm Will. And this. Sarah. Sorry, (laughs) I interrupted you. it's this has happened before and it's it's our fault for being poor managers of podcast <laughs> but nonetheless it's a tradition at this point actually i'm gonna i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep letting it happen just for fun <laughs> uh this has been roll for crit <laughs>